when it all went wrong, I was like, hold on a second, I was supposed to be like this massive comedian. I was like, fuck life, fuck this. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I just wanted to drink and do drugs. And then once everything would run out, I was like, do you know what I mean? I was ready to check out. It was in my face. You can't control it. Mm. You can't, like, you've lost control. I've done a lot of podcasts recently, and um, each one goes in different directions. And this had a lot of stuff in it that I haven't spoken about. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you for being here, pal. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, Kirk said he was too busy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, mate, no. thanks for being here, pal. All good. Um, and congratulations on your sobriety. You know, yeah. uh, you've been uh, over a year now. Yes, mate. Um, yeah, a year last week. Yeah, well, that's that's incredible achievement, mate. Yeah. Um, Dan, so like with all of my guests, what I always love to do is to hear their story of where yeah, they come yeah. from. I mean, it's a lot to say. Hopefully, we've got time for yeah. time for it, but. Um, um, where, where did you how did you start in comedy so com comedy for me um, I was originally wanted to be like an actor because I, I, I was um, I was really naughty at school I, I got ADHD I was dysle I'm dyslexic as well focusing wasn't really my thing I was more of like a show off playing messing around causing mischief um, so yeah like expressing myself like creatively like you know coming up with mad stuff to do to make everyone laugh was kind of my thing when I discovered drama in school fell in love with it do you know what I mean because it wasn't academic and it was just a way to express myself singing dancing acting and um yeah I found out quite quickly that it's hard to make a living from it you know my mum moved away when I was 15 so I actually moved out really young 15 16 you know I was still sort of just coming out of school going into college um so I had to make money so I started a job basically. Uh, I was an estate agent, a salesman, selling cars, selling houses, all of that jazz, up until I was about 18. And then I weren't getting no acting work and went over and um, started doing hotel entertainment in like Cyprus. Doing big, like big up Cyprus, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, in uh, Iron Napa. <laughs> did you also, I did a lot of drinking and shagging, obviously, <laughs> but um, no, and uh, yeah, I was doing like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Bingo, all these game shows and that, and and I was just making the audience laugh. And then I, I created my own stand up show, got spotted on there, and 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 worked the cruise ships then by a cruise ship company, ended up working four or five years traveling around the world on cruise ships doing stand as a stand up comedy stand-up comedian sorry and then came back to the uk opened my own business uh, my own estate agency and uh, uh carried on with the comedy doing like open mics and that and then discovered social media and like did you always feel that it was always going to be comedy like was the estate agent just to pretty much have a yeah living, I, I saw, well, the problem with the estate agency was i was good at it do you know well, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Sure yeah i started yeah. making i started making all right money for like an 18 year old I had a company car what? and i was renting my own place at 18 well younger than that I was 17 well no 16 I lived on my own 15 16 I lived on my own so you literally moved rented yeah rented a, rented a place off my uncle cheap but I still had to earn money and then by the time I was like 18 I was f like full wage you know fully into it making money selling houses and and had a company car and and, and I was like fuck this do you know brilliant. what I mean? I was like, this is too, it was too, like, I could see my next 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Even at 18, I was like, this is too easy. You oh, know? wow. Did yeah. you see how you saw it? Yeah, bro. I was like, this ain't what I want. I want to be, I want to be famous. I want to <laughs> be, like, creative and and I want to be on TV and I want to be in films and I want to be on stage. And that was it. I yeah. just I dropped it all and set off. No, that, yeah, that's incredible. Because to be fair, like, you know, you've had, so the stint, how, how long? 
How long have you been in comedy now for in total? God. That's well, I'm nearly 40, and I started when I was about 20. Yeah, yeah so a good 20, 20, 20 stretch, yeah. It's, it's quite... Um, <clears throat> It's quite interesting uh, with comedy because I've always struggled to find where the line is with, <laughs> with humour and and yeah. and I've, well for and and I don't mean it in the sense of like I know what a joke is so when a comedian talks <laughs> like I know they're just having a laugh <coughs> yeah. but somehow it's been turned into like the way people talk is almost like hate crimes and like mm. you're being racist and stuff like that and and it, you know how have you found that kind of journey for yourself because obviously I know you've you've been mm. through hell and back with that side of things. Yeah, it's difficult, really, because, you know, I, well, I learned the hard way. Do you know what I mean? I found out quick what, what, um, the, the problem is, is, you know, when you're doing comedy clubs and you're in comedy clubs, like, it's kind of like, it's different. It, the audience are in there. They're there to be shocked. They're, you know, major when I go to a comedy club, I want to hear stuff there that I don't hear my mates say. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I don't, you know, I want to listen and go. <laughs> Either like that was mental and laugh my head off because it was a bit crazy or like relate to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, or someone speaking for me on a stage, you know, it's like a comedy club environment. It's kind of like if you're there and you're getting offended by something, you know, it's like you're in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? 100%. It's kind of, it's kind of like that. You know, you still got to be careful. You've got, you've got to be intelligent. But, but social media is a different world, you know, and mainstream media, TV and stuff, is, it's a different world. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're being, you know, ironic or whether you're, you know, taking the mick or whether, you know, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't like it, you have, you run the, you know, you run the, the, risk. the, the risk, mate, of, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I personally, I thought that the way that it worked was if there's no malice in what you're saying, yeah. it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's how I would perceive that's, it. That's what I thought. That's if there's, not, yeah, if, if it's clear, if you're clearly saying something <laughs> for shock effect, for a joke, if it's like wordplay, mm. like for instance, if, if you know, one of the easiest ways to create a joke is to take one word that has two meanings mm. and you start off talking about it. So you could be like talking about grass on the ground uh, and then you finish off talking about, you know, the punchline is grass is in someone's grass on you, yeah? <laughs> and like, there's, I'll give you an example. I always use this example. There was a joke where I said, um, uh, it was a sketch where I was walking down the street and there was a woman there, but she's an actress. It was a sketch, right? And I'm like, excuse me, sweetheart, can I smell your fanny? And she's like, no, you can't. I'm like, well, it must be your feet then. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like, you know, just a, just a play on words yeah. where you take the audience one way and then at, right at the end, it, it goes a different way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. If people, I, I always thought, well, just as long as it's a play on words, there's no thought, there's no intention or no malice behind what I'm saying. I'm not saying it for a reason. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I found a play in, on words and I'm going to exploit it. But that ain't the case. It's like now there has, you have to, you know, if someone thinks or presumes or can prove or insinuate that, you know, by saying that you hate women and you're pro-rape or you're misogynistic and sexist, then uh, you can get cancelled. I think I think the difficulty I find in it is where the line it actually is mm. because so many comedians push the boundaries yeah. at, at any given time. Well, if there isn't, there isn't. It's there isn't a line. It, it there's so much stuff comes into it. Class, you know, yeah, working class. Yeah, working class comes into it. Whether you're, you know, if you're upper class, if you're Oxford educated, and you say something the same as what I'm saying, the yeah. difference is you're intelligent enough to be ironic. Whereas the working class, we ain't intelligent enough to be being ironic. We mean it. Do you know what I mean? And that that that's not bullshit. That's what it's like. You know, you'll see. That's why you'll see Jimmy Carr doing rape jokes, and and they're like, that's it's a play on words. It's naughty, but it's a play on words. But it, if I even skirt around, or I'm in that area, it's like hold on a second. 
you know what I mean? He comes from a council state. There's no way that he's intelligent enough to be being ironic. He actually wants people to go and rape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's Which difficult. is an insane fault yeah. when you're a comedian. Like, yeah. you must be able to put two and two together to, yeah. to realise that it's, it's actually a joke. Yeah, so you've got, you've got class and then you've got fame, level of fame. Like, Ricky Gervais does not give a shit. He'll say anything. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I went to go and watch one of his work in progress shows the other day and he's talking about disabled kids, you know, cancer, rape, whatever. But how are you going to cancel Ricky Gervais? He's bigger than comedy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, to, to some extent, so like, you, you, to some extent, so were you because you got cancelled to some effect, but yeah. you've still come out the other end and, and look what you've yeah. become in the process. It's almost like a bit of a rebirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. I mean, they took the t the TV away from me. The TV, like the, the the mainstream TV, is still a grey area. You know, the only stuff I get offered is like reality TV, right? Um, which ain't really. You know, I done Big Brother, got my money from that to 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 start kick me off again mm. in my career. Um, I'm not really interested in you know fucking selling my soul. You know, I I want to I, yeah. I want I want to nurture my talent. I want to mm. create. Right? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and and you've always like from what I've seen, you've always lived by being an authentic person, and yeah. and I think sometimes it gets, you in it gets you. It does get you in a lot of trouble yeah. being authentic. I think it, and I I think the the thing around it is it's who you surround yourself with, mm. and if you want to make a break into certain areas, I'm not sure if authenticity authenticity is fully welcomed in that sense. Well, no, it's like it's like talking about like my sobriety journey. You know, I've had. You know, we've had different documentaries and about co like comedy and cancel culture. You know, like Netflix documentaries and that are different production companies come and say, "Look, we're we're very interested in you know shooting your life, you know your journey through cancel culture and coming back, and then coming back and going mm, all this talk about cocaine use and alcohol." It's kind of like you know the platforms don't like it, and I'm like, "All right, well, so what would you like me to? What would you like? Would you like me to pretend mm. that that there isn't a fucking culture of everyone getting off their fucking nuts, especially in the fucking entertainment industry? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that it doesn't interest me. To me, to me, before when I was drinking and using drugs and everything, I, I wanted everything. It's like the the addict thing. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on Netflix. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do when when. My, through my sobriety journey now, I'm like, right, what comes to me will come to me, man. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm love like, that. I've just got to do, I've got to have a, like a positive mindset and I've got to focus on what's important to me mm. and put out positive stuff and then whatever comes is meant to come. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do you ever like look at that um, situation that happened to you and almost see that as a blessing now? Uh, I don't or, know, man. It's like, it nearly killed me. So yeah, I don't I, know I, if I, it, I, but it made me me man it's like it's a fucking wicked story do you know what mm. I mean the way I look at it is it's like mate like just anyone that can fucking come from adversity anyone that yeah. can overcome something it's like my podcast Minister Sobriety I, like I just take average everyday people that have overcome you know there's been celebrities and everything on there but I mean what I love doing is connecting with just average everyday people that have overcome addiction mm -hmm. and oh and through their sobriety encountered like you know deaths in their families you know i had a gentleman that was on on there this week on monday his son died do you know what i mean and and while he was sober and he managed to stay sober through it and anyone that knows what addiction's like it's like it's our, it's our coping mechanism so to me when i look at my story and i'm like what i've overcome yeah it makes me proud to be honest with you yeah. i mean there's some things i wish i hadn't said and i'd go back but 
But then even sometimes I think, do I wish I didn't? Because I was a twat 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how long ago it was. It was 10 years ago. And it, and it's, it's, I always look at these situations that had this not have happened over here, then this couldn't have happened oh, over there. Yeah. So like, I, and, I, and I, you know, I don't say that um, in like not, without being sensitive because I know I've heard oh, yeah. you other podcasts hard, yeah. and like and it, when but it through, rained it through poured our pa- yeah through our pain mm. we can help others to, like do you know what I mean yeah. it's that, like, and you're right like if I if, if all of that hadn't happened to me maybe I wouldn't have turned into an addict and if I hadn't have turned into an addict I wouldn't have gone sober and if I hadn't have gone sober mm. then I wouldn't have hundreds of thousands of people listening to how I've overcome my sobriety out there that are struggling yeah you know what I mean? yeah, so, yeah, yeah yeah I hear that because I think um, you know one of the things that I generally assume, but you know, this this isn't the case for everyone, is that people are always gonna bounce back. And I find like with adversity, it's actually been the biggest growth spurts I've had yep, for myself as a, as a human, even though I was in a really shit situation, yeah. I felt really uncomfortable and my mental health was taking a bash in. Yeah. Um, okay, and I certainly wouldn't have recognized it then, but all of the stuff that happened after that was actually quite beautiful. And that's what I kind of loved about that. Yeah that situation do you know what it is it's the ego right this is what i'm learning about now this is what i'm really interested in at the moment it's my ego because i'm a i'm an i'm, I'm like a fucking maniac do you know what i mean i'm like i'm like sometimes i can like really believe my own hype that i'm a genius do you know what i mean i'll come up with one funny video self-belief man yeah but the 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 difference is that ego is a killer right and i'll tell you why because if you anticipate, if you really believe, right, that you're destined for great things, like for big things, if you like hold on to that and you believe and you're like, I'm going to be this massive thing and I'm destined for this. When shit goes wrong, you can't handle it. That's interesting. You yeah, can't yeah, handle yeah. it, right? Because that's what happened to me. When it all went wrong, I was like, hold on a second. I was supposed to be like this massive comedian, mm. right? But through that, through my sobriety, my attitude now is like, it's more like I'm talented, right? And I believe in my talent. And I'm going to see how much I can blag out of it, mm. right? So if I blag a good opportunity, I'm like, fucking, I've blagged this. This is quality, you know? Like, I'm blagging. I'm blagging my way. I'm using my talent to blag my way. But, you know, I don't believe the hype. So when something goes wrong, I go, well, I was blagging it anyway. Yeah, Let's yeah. crack on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Resilient. I, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely understand that. But I suppose you, you must need a little bit of that ego to be able to carry on. To, even, to even do this, to even work in this, and to even be a creative, to even, to even put yourself out there, I mean... You know, the, I get thousands and thousands of comments on, on videos across my social media inboxes. Some of them good, some of them bad. You have to have an ego just to get through that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because to be honest, like, I wanted to ask you what, you know, um, how comes you didn't just call it a day after, you know, when you did get cancelled? Yeah. How comes it weren't just like, you know what? Like well, it, was, with- it was originally. Was it? Yeah, it was like, I was, when I got cancelled, my dad died as well at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was dark and I was heavy, heavy into drug taking and, and, you know, to cut my coping mechanism was the sesh and drinking and uh, I was doing, doing more of it on my own and, you know, I got suicidal, had, 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 had a real close call with that. Um, how did you deal with all of that? Like, how did you move forward from it? Um... It, I don't know. I think the drink and drugs at the time saved me, really, because I've just blocked out everything, you know. But I was suicidal, and I, and it was it was bad. My missus, but it was really my missus becoming pregnant at the same time. Like a couple of days after my dad died, I found out she was pregnant, and she, um, 
we never thought we could have kids because she got polystivic ovaries. Right. But I didn't I didn't receive that information well at first because I was fucking yeah I was checking all out over the place. Yeah, I was checking out. I decided yeah. because you know what had happened with my career and then my dad. I was just like you're probably quite numb as well. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I, I was like fuck life, fuck this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I just wanted to drink and do drugs, and then once everything would run out, I was like, do you know what I mean? I was ready to check out. It's, it was dark. It's it's dark looking back on it now, but when I when I when I hit my rock bottom then. Because there's been quite a few along the way, but when I hit my rock bottom then and started bouncing up, the light of becoming a father kind of shone through a little bit, and that became my focus. I've always had to like, I've always had to like just hone in on something and focus on it, whether it's a tour, or a TV show, or, you know, building my following or do writing gags, do it or whatever. I needed always needed something. Yeah, that. It's funny because I, I can relate to that because it's almost like a hyper focus, but mm. it's almost like a purpose as well. Yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got like, and now you've got two beautiful girls. That's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the loving missus, of course. She's yeah. still she's stuck by you the whole yeah. uh, time to be yeah. there, didn't she? Yeah, she's mental. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's great, incredible to see. And so and and then you've got uh, men and their emotions. You know what was that? Um, how did you come about starting that? Men and Their Emotions is um, it's a Facebook group where men can sort of share their problems, right? But they can do it anonymously, so you can put a post up like, you know, everything from addiction problems, gambling, sex, money, whatever. Um, not money, but yeah, you know, like um, alcohol, drugs, all that. And then to anything from like parent alienation, not being able to see their kids or just being depressed, down, work, you know, whatever, stress, or just not wanting to be around, suicidal thoughts. But they can post anonymously and then the lads in there all chip in and talk. And it's just a place to, even if you're just watching, you kind of, it's like watching Jeremy Carl. You don't, you know, it makes you feel better because everyone's fucked. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. watch it. And, it and, and and also if you've gone through something and you've experienced something and you've got something to offer, you can add it in there. So it gives lads purpose in there. But that came about from my just talking about men's mental health a lot or my mental health. You know, I, I really struggled hard with... Um, what I thought was anxiety and depression, um, normally on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday every week, right? <laughs> and I was like having these mad, like I thought I was bipolar as well because I was having these like self-destruct emotional breakdowns, and uh, but it was addiction, and I was just heavily, like, you know what I mean? I was hitting it hard, and then fucking my my head come was down. going, yeah, come downs, and my head was going, and all of this stuff. But I was talking about it as it was happening in real time, and I was like sharing it with my audience, and then talking about how I'm overcoming it or what's making me feel better and then and through that my inbox was just flooded full of lads going I'm going through this I'm doing that and I didn't really feel comfortable like engaging with them all individually especially what lads that are suicidal and stuff like that you just didn't feel like you were the right person I to give qualified. them that. yeah yeah so I set up the group where people can talk with each other and then I got moderators that offer crisis lines you know oh, so if someone is suicidal we can say these are the people to go to and we've got I've got about 17 lads that helped me run it but yeah it's one of my 17 proudest, one of my proudest achievements that group yeah yeah yeah, that's to be fair, mate. Like that, that's a no, noble thing. But it's funny how, you know, your your intention is just to get something out there, and then all of a sudden it just starts materialising yeah. into yeah, something completely, completely um, different. And and it's still thriving. It's still going. Um, yeah, yeah, mate. We have got a backlog of about three hundred posts. We've got to get a post out every hour. Um, so I get up at about, I'm up at about 4.30 every day. And the first thing I do is let, let some posts through on there. And then I go boxing, come back and check with the moderators. It's a full-time thing. But yeah, and it's it's got slowly grown. It's about 45, 46,000 lads in there. It's crazy. That's that's incredible. And how do you, how do you find the time for all of this, Dan? Because like you're doing so much all, like have you, have you got quite a good support structure around you in? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know really. I just, I just Jade, of course. Shout out to Jade. Jade. Yeah, yeah. You've been dealing with her. <laughs> yeah, worth her weight in gold. Yeah, I've got my PA that sort of manages. She manages me. Do you know what I mean? She manages me and my time. Um, but yeah, I just sort of, you know, I've always gone through life sort of committing to stuff and then just making it happen. You know, like I've got a tour coming up. It's like 30, 31 dates now. Twenty thousand tickets to sell, and uh, first time in ten years. I've been offered a tour and um, I was like, can I sell that many tickets? Can I, can I write that show? Can I do, can I get out and do that many gigs, you know, around my schedule? And then I just thought, yes, man, like I, I'm just going to commit to it and then we'll make it work. We sold, we sold about 11,000 tickets already. So 11,000 tickets It's in January. Yeah. So I just commit, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm going to do it. Get in the zone. And then, then i got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You kind of force yourself in, yeah. into that into that like a corner a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly, and then just make it happen, work for it. And like, like, can you remember the first time you got up on stage and spoke in front of her? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I was young. I was very young. I was probably only about seventeen, I think. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a strange uh, comedian. I'm a strange person. I think really. I think that the the, the main difference between comedian stand up comedians that make it and don't are the ones that are sort of prepared to die on their ass the most. Do you know what I mean? That can do it and die on their ass, right? Because it's, when you go up and then you're trying to make people laugh and they don't laugh, the, the fucking seconds feel like minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking horrific. I mean, I mean, it's seriously, it's bad. Um, but with me, I kind of just liked calling myself a comedian, whether they laughed or not. So if I went and done a gig, as painful as it was, I'd still come off stage and be like, yeah, man. You felt really good, uh, regardless. Yeah, and I like, and you got to test material. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. So, but I just had the hat on as a comedian. And as soon as I, as soon as I'd done my first gig, I was like, right, I can say I'm a comedian. And then um, that just stuck with me. That was my attitude, you know, laugh or not, I'm a comedian. Yeah, just gonna keep going and keep persevering. And uh, and now you're selling, selling out places. Yeah. Hopefully, like fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's quite funny. Um, that what you mentioned there earlier about how the, the seconds turn into minutes. Because uh, like I said to you earlier, I'm going to be doing my first white collar. Um, yeah. It's very similar stand-up comedy to boxing. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, how, how do you see the similarities? Well, um, you don't know how you're going to perform until you get in there. Yeah, fair. Right? So you don't, you know, you, you like the idea of boxing, but you've got no idea what your ability is going to be like until you box someone, which is the same as stand-up. Um you know, it's a performance, you're alive in front of, uh, you know, you've got to perform in front of people. Um, and it don't, you've got, a, you've got the, the difference between you being successful or not is how you can deal with when it goes wrong, which is essentially exactly the same as, because you're going to get punched. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for you're, sure. You're going to take hits. And the difference between you winning that fight and not is how you react. You're not, not how many times you hit the geezer, which is important. It's, it really boils down to, I believe in boxing, is how you respond to getting hurt or how you respond to getting punched mm. because it can completely just take the fight out of you. Especially if you go in there with the wrong mindset and it's the same with stand-up comedy. If you go in there with the wrong mindset and you don't think you can win the fight and you get hit and it hurts, it reinforces that, I can't win this, that's hurt. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you go in there and you're like, I fucking love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm up for it anyway. Like, you know. Yeah, because I've... Like I've seen you, how engaging you are with your audience when you're doing comedy. Like you have banter with them, you joke with them. So like, and and I suppose that's when like you might get hit, like someone 
heckling, yeah. yeah, heckling. That's the word I'm looking for. It's like you you turn it into a laughter, or turn it into a joke, and yeah, yeah. So that's you taking that hit, and then uh, yeah, yeah, bobbing and weaving. Yeah, with yeah. I love I love all that. Yeah. Um, and you you've done a few fights now, haven't you? Yeah, I've had um, I've had one white collar which I won, and uh, I've had a MMA. I've done an MMA with Harvey. Yeah. Did you? What was that? What was that like? Um, doing the MMA. Scary man. Was it really scary? Yeah, that was hard. That was because you know, it was wrestling, jiu -jitsu, well, it's jujitsu and striking, and um, I thought he was going to want to strike and trade. Um, so I worked really worked on my jujitsu because I thought I thought he thought I was going to want to fight, but I worked on my jujitsu. But he was just too strong. Do you know what I mean? And it's there's so much that goes into it. It's it's scary, man. It's like you know you're going to get choked out, you're going to get knocked out, you know. Um, like I was saying to you before, I found it hard to switch on the aggression. I wasn't really in the right mindset back then. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was, I was doing it to raise my profile more than anything because right. it was a big show. Whereas the boxing now, whether I got a fight or not, I box every day. Do you know what I mean? Every day. Well, apart from Sundays. So apart from yeah, yeah, yeah. still six days. Uh, yeah. six days. So early as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in there full thirty. I'm up. But that's it's been like that solid for nearly a year now since since I went sober. But. That's that. That's to keep me sober, mate. Keep my mindset straight. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I can, if I just do that in the morning, which is really hard. One, getting out of bed, opening my eyes, and getting up. And if I can get in the ring, and if I can spar, or I do my training, and I come out, you know, the thought of getting on it or having a drink is a piece of piss to overcome because I've just done that. Yeah, because because to be fair, like. I found you quite inspirational personally. Thank you. And um and I think what's what's been quite interesting is there's a lot of things that I've been able to relate to because mm. when I when I used to like when I was growing up I used to love a drink and and other things as well. Um mm. and I always thought I was a bit strange with substances because I I used to just everything I was doing was always in excess. Have but you got ADHD? I I think I have. I haven't I haven't fully diagnosed myself. I've done this test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else that you can actually do to uh, get a proper diagnosis from a doctor, from can, a specialist. Can yeah. you? But carry on, sorry. Um, and I always thought, oh, like, I always felt a bit alone by that because like, everything, like all my friends would, they would drink, have a good time. But me, sometimes I would just be absolutely pulverated, like I'd be obliterated. And I always thought, what, you know, why am I like that sort of thing? I always wake up the next day feeling cringe, feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but then since you put out your stuff, like, it's allowed me to be able to relate to things and kind yeah. of, like learn from stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, you're not just the only person as well that does stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's until you go through a bit of a bad spell with drink and drugs, you don't, it's just so, it's so ingrained in our culture. It's just the norm. Yeah. You know, it's, you're actually more strange if you don't drink. You know, mm. people, people don't, if you drink excessively, people are like, yeah, he's one of us. If you don't drink, people are like, have you got a problem? Yeah. It's, it's the wrong way around. It's weird, but... To me, it's like I see I see how other people around me drink now that I don't drink, you know. And there's still some of some of my f friends. I don't really see them anymore, but there's still some of my friends that still drink and use drugs the way I did. But there's still people that I go out with now, and I see them drink, and then like we'll be on the train on the way home, and they'd just be like, fine, having a conversation. They go off to bed. They'd be happy with like, yeah. two or three drinks. That's right. And I look and I just think it's so fucking strange. It's so weird <laughs> that they know, can do that. That they can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it just really amplifies to me that you know I'm a, I'm an addict in you know because it's difficult because when we visualise what an addict is, we think it's someone that's holding a bottle of vodka as soon as they get out of bed, you know, or they're mm. on a park bench or in a gutter drinking or using drugs, where in fact, 
you know, the most common addict doesn't drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But they binge Friday, Saturday, yeah, Sunday. And then it ruins Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? So they spend their whole life either drunk or hungover mm. or, you know, on a come yeah. down. And that was me, man. And it's like, I never knew that an addict in in the sense of, of, of the word could be once you start, you can't stop. Do you know what I mean? Or you have no off switch, you know? You drink, uh, drink to oblivion or sniff coat or whatever your vice is. You do it until you can't do it no more. That's an addict. Yeah. If you drink like that, you've got a problem, right? But we don't. It's glorified in this country. It's like, yeah, man, he can get, he gets smashed. You see him, he gets wasted. And the problem is, when life comes at you, like you got like you, you, and this is what happened to me, man. Like I moved out when I was fifteen, sixteen, so I was getting off me nut and drunk for the last 15, 20 years, you know, it's only up to a couple of years ago that I started, you know, you have kids mm. and suddenly it's like where, you know, I'm, I, I want to drink, man. I want to get smashed. Like these fucking kids are doing my nut. You know, and then you've got a wife that wants you around. Oh, fuck's sake. It's a lot you know, of pressure. I, yeah, I deserve this. And that's what we tell ourselves. You work hard in the week. I deserve this at the weekend. This is my thing. But the weekend is the only time you've got with your family and yeah. your kids. And then suddenly, this is what I think happens mm. to a lot of people, especially when they come up to like 35, 40, Suddenly, it's like, you know, you've got to pick something else over drink or drugs. And some people can't do it. They're like, I can't live without it, you know. Mm. I don't know how to cope with life without it. Do, do, do you know what I think for me is I just struggle to cope with it. This is turning into a menace to sobriety yeah, episode. Yeah. But I, I think I just um, struggle to deal with it. When you're on it. When, when I was, it. yeah, when I was young, young anyway. So the, the hangovers, the, mm. like the come downs for me. The all, my, yeah, yeah, you yeah. messed my head up when I was from young. So it that's was always a bit like, is the juice worth the squeeze in my head? Yeah, well, that's good, man. That's good. That's good because some people, regardless yeah, of what it does. They to, could just carry on like not. Yeah, and I was a bit envious of people like that. But in some ways, I'm glad that I wasn't yeah. the way I was because I was just like, I can't function. Like It's weird. It tricks us into thinking that, like if you don't drink, life's over. Like, yeah. That's what that's what I thought a couple of years ago. I was coming. I mean, I knew I was, I knew I had a problem. You know, my dad before he passed away, which was in 2017, before he died, he was saying, "Mate, every time I see you, you got every time I see a video or see you on TV or see you on social media, drink. you got a drink in your hand whenever I see you." And I was, I was smashed all the time. I loved it. I Did your dad drink much or? Yeah, uh, yeah, he did when he was younger, but it turned him violent. So did it, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. he stopped. He mm. he knew that it was bad for him, mm. you know. So, um, but even though I knew for a long time, sobriety for me was like no way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like man, loving it. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, because like I mean, I'm I'm pretty impressed by like all the guests you've had on. Like, mm. and I think the thing I love about podcasts. Is that while you're learning yourself and growing yourself, other people, are, yeah. other people get to do it as well? Because naturally, if if you're getting something from it, yeah, you assume that you know other people can get something from it as well. Yeah. And and um, when you got diagnosed with ADHD, did yeah. how, how how did what was that like for you? It wasn't great for me actually, to be honest with you. I was still drinking. I'd I'd relapsed. I say relapsed. I'd gone sober last year, and um, I was I was counselling because I I, I was. I was having these mad, like, it's almost like psychosis, but it's not, I actually, I think what the word is, is, is excited delirium, right? So I was like on come downs, like the next day, I was like having these wild, like something would happen and I'd freak out and fucking leave the house or smash sank up, do you know what I mean? Like I'd be fucking losing my mind. Christ. Yeah, it was bad, it was bad, it was happening. And it was like, it was like, you know, like the world was against me and it was like almost like a paranoid, 
but it wasn't like every time I used it, it'd be like once a month this big episode would happen and then but I still didn't associate it with the drink and drugs I was like well I'm bipolar then or something's going wrong I saw that this serious problem I started counselling and the, this was like a couple of years ago the counsellor was like do you drink and use drugs I was like yeah and she was like well you know there's your answer there's your answer and I was like don't be stupid but she was like I can't work on you unless you go sober and my missus was saying to me at the same time go sober you know the drink you're drinking too much and all that so I actually went sober for my missus and this counsellor to, to work out what it was and that's when the idea of ADHD come up and um, but it come up to Christmas I was getting bored I wanted to drink again, so I started drinking, and it was around that time when I was drinking again that I got the got the full um, diagnosis. But it actually, it, I don't know if I'd say it was a positive thing because it kind of put me, it kind of like said, well, this is why you're different, and do, do, do all these things happen to you? And like laid out all of these things, like having multiple thoughts at one time, you know, not being able to focus, and do you start loads of different things? Do you and can you hyper focus on some things and other things? Just like you know, there'll be if 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 my missus literally puts something on the TV that I'm not interested in, I have to leave the room. I can't sit there and I like you know, it used to cause a lot of problems. Or if there's people that I don't like or I'm not interested in, mm. you can't you can fucking see it like it's written all over my face. Or I can't focus on what they're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And lo loads of other stuff like the big one for me is just towards the end of the day it, it, like in the morning I'm like kind of manic I'm crazy and wild and towards the end of the day when like my energy's fading off depleted yeah I'm depleted it's like I can't it's like I can't just do one task you know like so I'll be like washing up say I'll be washing up or doing something halfway through doing that I'll be like oh I've got to do this and I'll go and do that halfway through that I'll come back but it's kind of it's kind of insane you know what I mean and my missus will come have to come and stop me and be like look you just need to sit down and stop because you're doing loads of different things and while she was saying all this to me once I was discovering this through the um, diagnosis it gave me a real feeling of fuck like oh yeah, that is my mind. And, and I suddenly realised that that's not the normal way to be. So it was a bit difficult for me actually. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, a, it, I mean, it's been positive since, but initially, and 80% of people with ADHD are like, are, are like, I've got addiction problems as well because we've got a dopamine deficiency. Right. So we, we, we chase what, what would normally give you, what, what you get from drinking drugs or someone that hasn't got ADHD and what I get from them is completely different. And also the stuff that they give you for, to calm the ADHD down, like the written, uh, written on all the oh, other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, it's a, what you call it? It's a, uh, a stimulant like cocaine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like cocaine. Yeah, it's like legal yeah. cocaine. So when I was taking cocaine, it was like I was going like like it would be like, <laughs> and I'd focus. I'd be off me nut, but I, w I weren't one of these people that's going on and on and on. I'd be off me nut, but focused. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, like calm and like well, basically the noise would just stop in my mind. And it's the same with drink. So to a certain extent, it's like I was self-medicating for years. Yeah, to, to, to be honest with you, I think I was doing that for a long yeah. period of time as well. I mean, one thing that I remember doing when I was in my old company, I just used to drink loads and loads of coffee. Mm. like, and it, and it used to just like really get me in this zone. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, come five, six o'clock, I'll be absolutely crashing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like almost a massive come down. But yeah. I'd drink like seven, eight cups of coffee just to be able to really yeah, kind yeah. of zone in yeah, and concentrate. And it was like, it was even uh, funny you mentioned it the other day because I was just uh, chilling, relaxing at home. And 
I felt really, really tired. And then as soon as I got into bed, my brain just went yeah. on and it started switching on. It started thinking about yeah. this and that. And then before you know it, it's like two in the morning. Mate, I've got a routine that I have to go through. I nailed it last night. I was saying to my, I was saying this morning, cause I go boxing, I come back and wake my missus up and she's like, fuck it. So I come back from boxing at like, just gone six. <laughs> Full of beans. Just gone six. I'm like, woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And she's like, please. But um, yeah, I nailed it last night. I've got this little routine, like, I was thinking about money last night, do you know what I mean? Because my mortgage has gone up, like everyone else's. Yeah. I've, got, I've got quite a big gap. My ego fucking was like big, 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 you know, a couple of years ago. So, and now the mortgage has gone up and then, you know, I'm looking at all my different revenue streams. And I was thinking about this at dinner with the kids, right? So they're talking to me and my mind's going. Bruh, bruh. So I was like, babe, kids, I've got to go and fucking just sort sank out. So I just went in my office and I wrote down, and I, this is what I do, I empty my head. So I wrote down all my revenue streams. I wrote down all the potential earnings I've got coming up, all my gigs, how much I, and like, I know all of this stuff. I know it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like, I know it's rattling yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, of course. But I put it all out in front of me. I'm like, man, yeah. fucking no, I'm going to be all right. There's loads of money coming in. Mm. You know, the outgoings ain't too bad. I can shave a bit of money here. All right, cool. Do it like, And I talked myself through it. Mm. Then I went upstairs and I said to the missus, don't um, put the telly on, man. Let's just, let's read or something. Let's relax. <laughs> so I put the kids down and I was reading my book, which is on ego. How to kill the ego, actually. Okay. So I was reading that last night. I got about four pages in and I was, bomb, I was out. It was lovely. Because um, some, somebody was actually telling me about a book called The Artist Way, mm. where you literally journal three times a day. Because I think sometimes what happens to my brain is it gets cluttered with a yeah. lot of shit. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and then unless I find ways to release that. Yeah, it's like, what I find is your, it's your, uh, your mind reminding you. It's your mind reminding you, right? And Same it, thing. Yeah. Till you get it yeah, out. Yeah, till you fuck it. And if you write it down, it's like, right, you got it. Mm. That's what I find, you know, like a joke. Like I'll think of, that's why comedy is like a virus to me because I mean, I've had a couple since I've been here actually. You know, when we were talking about when we come in, you being like your gaff having no woman's touching it, <laughs> no pictures on the wall, no milk in the fridge and all that. <laughs> yeah. I create a character in my mind straight away. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a sketch about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like, love that. He's never coming back to this podcast. <laughs> no, I love it. I love but, it. But uh, it's been reminding me. So I won't stop thinking about that till I write it in my book. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like, do, are you are you pretty like shit hot with like getting things down yeah. as soon as you think about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because does it otherwise just get stuck in there yeah. until you let go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like people will be talking to me about something really important and I'll still be thinking about your fridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have a look at it after, there's hardly anything in there. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> the, single, the single life, mate. Yeah. It was like what we were saying earlier, otherwise everything goes out of date. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm too busy with things all the yeah. time where it's just like, I forget half the stuff's in there and then, but it's, it is what it is, you know, you yeah. just move on. So, um, so like how, um, so what, what is your um, evening routine like for helping you with like, cause you get up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah. But I'm in bed by eight. Are you? Yeah. Religiously. Yeah. 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 We put the cause the kids have got like there's a door that goes from my room to the kids' bedroom, and putting them to sleep, putting them in bed, it takes about forty five minutes anyway. So we get we go upstairs. I love it, man. I'm loving my life at the moment. You know, I'm true. Like even just talking to you now about, it, I've got like goosebumps because I just think to myself. I was, it was so close to not being like this for me. Like it's so, I'm so happy. I'm at peace. It's like serenity. And like, I'm getting excited about talking about putting my kids to bed when, when I was drinking and everything like that, I'd be, I would have been there. Like I'd rather be at the pub. Do you know what I mean? It's mad. But um, we got a door that goes into their bedroom and we put them down and it's the same thing. You know, they'll, they'll come in. Oh, I just need to go to the toilet or 
and they're coming, oh, I'm thinking about this, or I can't sleep. It takes fucking ages, right? You've got to play these games with them. Oh, daddy, I'm missing you. And they just want to stay up, right? So we do that for about 45 minutes while we're lying in bed because we're in the room next door stopping them getting up. And then you're like, oh, should we just stay up here, innit? Because we can't be bothered to go down now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just, and now we're just in that routine. We go up, put the girls to bed, and then get into bed. Yeah. And um, But I've got to make sure that my mind is clear. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like doing it in bed. I don't like writing. I mean, I've got a book, I've got a book there in case I do need to clear my mind. But to me, it's important that I get off my phone. Uh, about five thirty-six. Oh wow! Is so that what you do? I have to, but I can't always do it, man. Because like shit's going on, or or, course, or I just it's busy addic- life. It's a massive addiction on my phone, the social media, <sighs> the dopamine from the, the the likes, comments, and and if I especially if I've done, but I have to be realistic. If I post something, then I just say to him like I'm going to be staying up and da 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 whatever. But I try to li- I have to literally put it away turn it off and put it away and then I turn it back on about 8 o'clock just to set my alarm in case I'm uh, in case I'm not up and I just leave it like as far away from me as possible and it, as long as I've done all my writing and everything I'm good I suppose it's just having that discipline you know to, yeah. to do the right thing and I, and I think when you're younger you're still like trying to work things out and like yeah. trying you're second guessing things and, and I think you've got to, like you you got to break some old habits. Yeah. I think it's really important. Like if you want to live like an efficient life and feel good and be as happy as you can possibly be, yeah. you got to look after yourself and you got to take care of yourself. And I think that's probably the challenge I've, I've found for myself in a, in the past is that I haven't quite taken care of myself as, mm. as well as I should. And then naturally you get a negative outcome and you're like, well, why is this negative outcome yeah. happening? Well, it's because you're not fucking doing the things that you're meant to be doing at the, yeah. the beginning, to be honest. So I think, um, Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's really like it's it's nice to see like a complete contrast of you know where you've where you've kind of come from and where you're where you're going and what's um so you're obviously still um, boxing like and what what what's kind of uh, happening there for you are you I see you trying to get involved in the misfits and yeah I just yeah I want to like it's like if I'm doing I think I'm a, a, a reasonable standard now of boxing do you know what I mean I put a lot of work into it and I love sparring I'm get right involved so I'm just like I watch the shows and I'm like yeah come on man I want to I want to spark someone out on that have you got your eyes set out on anyone particular or anyone that will fight really I'm getting really old. I'm getting older now I now I hate it because you to be honest with you I watched it the other night and I looked at some of them and I was like fuck that there's some pretty tasty like that Dean the Great he's yeah yeah and sort of that salt pappy and slim like they'd smash me to pieces so it needs to be someone pretty shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, do, do you know who I've sparred a couple of times um Yanomise Yanomise mm. uh, that, that I would, him, yeah. yeah yeah that would be um, an yeah. interesting uh uh, yeah. Interesting set up the king of comedy versus the king of cars. Yeah, he's cool, man. I've, yeah, I've, I've met him. I think I've met him. Yeah, I've met him a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, do you know what? One thing I love about the uh, the event they just know how to put on a good show. Mate, it's massive. Yeah, In- it's, that's that's what attracts me to it. The the the, the size of it. Yeah, yeah it's just it raise your profile a little bit. The money's good. I mean, what what did you think of the the fight uh, the other day? What the KSI fight? Yeah, yeah. Even even the local Paul one. I have to admit, I wasn't overly impressed by that. People asked me would I fight Dylan Dennis. So I was like, not for the sake of my marriage, I wouldn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! What would I find out on the build up to that? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? No way. Just for the memes, I wouldn't fight him. Yeah, um, no, I don't know. I thought it was a mockery, really. It was, the, but you know, it, look, you've got to look at it. People get the um. People go, oh, it's bad for boxing. It ain't even boxing, is it? It's mm. not boxing. It's like, it's like 
WWE or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, it's you know, you've got to take it for what it is. It's just entertainment, you know. I personally, I think that anyone that gets in there and fights deserves respect. A hundred percent agree. Like Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis, KSI, you know, I took the piss out of KSI doing the star jumps. I've done that video, um, uh, but I wouldn't want to fight him. You know, that's the truth. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He held Tommy Fury off. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Tommy Fury just won. He's like a professional boxer. So, you know, we'll all take the piss. We can all take the piss. But in, unless you've actually boxed and been in there, yeah. you don't realise the level. So, you know. Especially around uh, all them people. Like, yeah. it's insane amount. thousand people Yeah, in it's there. insane. Mate, that's enough to, to, to you know. <laughs> Put anyone yeah, off. Yeah, you know. So, so, I take it for what it is. And, mate, what, two and a half million pay-per-views. Like, put it this way. It was that I got surprised by my missus on Saturday night. She she got my family and friends down to celebrate a year. So took me to this restaurant, big surprise. And I was like, sweet, but when are we getting back for the boxing? Do you know what I mean? And I, even the fact that we're calling it the boxing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like misfits boxing. It just says what it is. Like mm. it's fucking entertaining. It is. It is entertaining. And do you know what? It was it was quite funny because even seeing like KSI fight. Like a lot of people saying, like, what is this guy doing? Like, because it was literally like yeah. what you were doing, the star jumps. Yeah. But um, I think that the thing that I kind of thought in my head is how unpredictable he was. Yeah, we spoke about this in the car. Yeah, yeah. it makes it very difficult. Everyone was saying that down at the boxing gym, you know. It's, it's, uh, pro boxers will tell you that uh, it's hard to box someone that don't know. Yeah, to, to, yeah, exactly. And I think if he tried to square up as a boxer to Tommy, I generally yeah, if, think if Tommy... If he boxed him conventionally, yeah, it would have it would have been different. But look, come on, Tommy must should have done better than that. You know, mm. he's been boxing since, since... But look, saying that... I wouldn't want to fight either of them. So, <laughs> do not well, not for the uh, uh, right money. Well, I didn't. I, I wouldn't want to fight them, but yeah, <laughs> I would. For a couple of million, mate, I'll go and fight Tyson for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I've, it's, I'm getting knocked out down the boxing gym anyway someday. So, yeah. yeah, do you do sparring a lot? Yeah, heavy sparring. Yeah, yeah I've been, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. I love it. It's good. Scary, like mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not at a stage where I'm just like so good that I'm just fucking, I'm, get, I go in, I get hurt sometimes and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it's how you improve. I just love testing myself. It's good. Yeah, pushing yourself, pushing the boundaries all the time. Um, what do you think it does for your mental as well? Like, do you think that has a, a positive impact? So sobriety is the the biggest thing is changing the way you think. Do you know what I mean? And for me, I I believe that you've got to build mental resilience, right? And, um, you know, like, when I come back to my house after I've been sparring, I love my house. I love, like, that sitting down and relaxing and stuff like that. But if I'm in my house all day, do you know what I mean? You're just like, you know, like, you're pent up and stuff like that. Like, putting yourself in horrible positions, horrible situations makes you appreciate normal life so much more. But not just that. Overcoming not wanting to do something and doing it and then enjoying it, it changes something in your mind. Mm -hmm. now, getting up at four o'clock in the morning, going and sparring, or going down and doing the, the full fucking boxing training, yeah, and, and and then coming out of that and getting in your car and drive on your way home. Trust me, you're like I'm a fucking <laughs> geezer. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the, it changes your mindset. It, it, I'll say, beat, it beat, I beat the day before it beats me. Yeah. So before I even give the day a chance to decide, to tell me whether or not I'm going to be in a good or a bad mood or something good's going to happen. I'll just get out, get that done, and I'll drive back. I'm like, I'm the fucking boy. What? What? What are you going to throw at me today? I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, you can't get any worse than getting punched, punched in the face. In the face yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. getting up at four o'clock in the cold. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, like, that early starts, man. That's a that's an impressive one, to be fair. It's just a routine now. Like, it's, it's hard at first, but... And is that, like, even on weekends? You're it's just difficult now. I'm up 
every day I'm up before five. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Even if I've got nothing on. Mm. Yeah. I find I find though um, I used to do it a lot. I, I haven't done it in a while, but I love that kind of window in the morning where it's just Everyone, your, everyone's asleep. Everyone's yeah. asleep. You just left it. alone and you can really like knuckle down and focus. I love it. Yeah. Love yeah. It. And also, like. I love spending my time with my wife. I, like it's weird saying it, but I never used to. I used to think that she was a bit of a knob because she was always having a go at me. No, I'm just being honest. Like I used to think that she was a bit of a knob because she was always like nagging, it, nagging, mm. right? It was always like, oh, do you have to go out? Or oh, you've been out again? Or you don't want to do anything today? Oh, look at you lying on the couch. And it's like she just wanted me there, right? It's just mad. Wants to, just it, wants to be loved. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And she wanted me to be part of the family. So now. Like, it's weird because, you know, we had a real bad breakup and stuff like a year ago, like a big rock bottom. Oh, when, a year yeah, ago? Yeah, well, when I, when I, because, you know, some bad shit happened that made me go sober again this time round. Like, it was like a real, real bad, you know, our relationship was. Um, what, what, um, what, what, what was the sequence of events that? Was it, uh, was it just that you. Um... Well, I was back drinking, right? So I was back. I'd gone back to drinking over Christmas. Oh, so you've been sober before? Yeah, right. I'd gone right. back to drinking, and um, you know, I told myself that I wouldn't use drugs when I went back to drinking. Um, and it's, it's it's it needs to happen. It kind of needs to happen. You, I feel okay. like you kind of need to stop and think that you're okay. Go back to realise because I was getting bored. I, I didn't think I was an addict. I just I was I was going sober for you know, for the missus, to keep the missus off my back because we were arguing and I was fucking up everything. So probably for the wrong reason. Yeah, a little for bit. the wrong reason, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And for my counsellor and, you know. Um, but Not really for yourself. No, nah, and it was difficult difficult because I saw a real change in my mental health. You know, when I was sober, it was great, but I was getting bored. I, I hadn't changed my thinking. I still felt like I was missing out. I was still looking yeah, at my friends. Bad. I was still looking at my friends and stuff and I was, I was, I was looking at it like I was missing out, not that I was free of it. Now I look, I look at it like I'm free of it, mm. you know, and I feel sorry for the people that are still stuck in it. Whereas before I was like, mate, oh, fucking, I should be there, not here. Mm. And everyone was enjoying themselves and I wasn't. Um, and then, yeah, I said, I'd go back. I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to drink on the weekends. I'm just going to have a couple of drinks with the boys. I'm just going to drink over Christmas, oh, a few mate. on Christmas day. Um, first time I drank, I drank like that. Second time I drank a little bit more. Third time I was back on the packet. It just creeps in. It just yeah. creeps in. It was, yeah. And then that was it. Then every weekend carnage. I didn't want to be at home. I wanted to be out. Um, and then the same argument started with me and her and I had a, just had a bad downturn one weekend and we had a massive bust up and what I thought was she was overreacting but actually it had been 10 years of this 10 years yeah. on and off and then a beautiful like period of three, four, five months whatever it was sober mm -hmm. and then she just saw the destruction just flying whereas I, I was I was like come on I'm it's still enjoying myself yeah. I was still drunk all the yeah. time do you know what I mean um, it's amazing how you felt you was like missing out in life when you were like busy doing and you had so much so yeah. much stuff going on mad it's mad it, it, it's it, mad but I don't work I didn't work anywhere near the way I work now I'd, I'd work for two days and then I'd be fucked for a few days and then I'd work for two days now I just I just work so I've mm. achieved more in the last year than I had in the last fucking 10 years yeah, trying to get yeah. my career back on track but um, yeah and then it was just a big bust up and she kicked me out and oh. and um, and uh, and uh, I I managed to sort it out and come back and, you know, sober up. And I was like, you know, this isn't what I want. And the next day we were flying out to Marbella because um, I had a film come out, The Last Heist, and we we're premiering it in Marbella because I, I produced it and I was in it. And um, 
we're up for awards and all this jazz. And I, I, I said, come on, let's fly. Well, we're meant to be flying out. Let's just forget. It was a night before. And I just said, let's forget about what happened and let's go out. And she said, all right, but don't drink. And I was like, oh, I can't not drink, but I won't use drugs. Um, and then we landed and I started drinking and then I got back on it, started using drugs and then massive bust up in front of everyone out there. Oh, did it, did it kick off? And she flew home and uh, I wasn't, I could, I, you know, she said, you know, you're not coming back. And um, and I stayed out there on a bender for days and days and did days. Did you? Fucking and then when, when, when I come back, you know, my world had fallen apart and that was the beginning of my sober journey. I yeah, was like, I didn't know that. But it, it scared the life out of me. I right? it did. Because it was like, it was in my face. You mm. can't control it. Mm. You can't, like, you've lost control. And at the more, and do you know what was even scarier? Was the fact that I thought to myself, I'm going to have to stop soon. So I need to consume as much of it as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Get it all yeah, in. Get it, get it all in. And I've done that at the expense of our relationship, you know, seeing the kids. So it, it truly reared its head and it was like a fucking, it was like the, you know, so not only did I have to fix myself, I had to win her trust back and all of that. And the only thing that could do that was, real legitimate change do you know what I mean? I, I, <clears throat> mate to be honest that's unbelievable I mean one thing I found with some of my old addictions is there was a lot of a nostalgia based thing that was connected to them mm. I think I used to really enjoy things way back then mm. and as I've done them over time I didn't even get the same feeling that I yeah. used to get then but somehow you're so connected to that old feeling you're like you keep carrying things on and keep mm. going back and keep going back but I think there's I think there's a lot of good stuff out there that creates good energy and good vibration and it doesn't just revolve around drugs yeah um you know just stepping into the ring with someone just standing up yeah. in front of all of these people you must feel like like it must it, it's so like overwhelming like once you um yeah yeah i feel privileged to be able to do the things i do but now with the sobriety i can feel it like before i'd be pissed on stage every yeah. time and it'd be like, I just can't. Do you know what the mad thing is now? Not not even to do with sobriety, but it's like everything to me is is about like slowing down and being sort of here. Do you present. know what I mean? Being present. Mm. You know, not letting not letting your ego or not letting your mind wander into other things. Because so much bad shit has happened to me in my life that actually has never happened, but I've experienced in my mind. Do you know what I mean? Like all of the stuff that we think is going to go wrong like we, 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 we spend we spend too much time in the future, man, or we spend too much time in the past. Mm. So drinking drugs was my way of sort of escaping that, all of that, you know, and- uh, But just being numb and- But, but really essentially giving me, the, the way that I look at it is it gave me a feeling to focus on right now. So whether it was the buzz from cocaine, I could feel something different in my body, yeah, in my mind, like I could feel like, you know, the power of the cocaine mm -hmm. and I could feel it and it gave me something to focus on. It brought me back into myself. Same with the being drunk. So when, when I took all of that away and my mind was racing again through sobriety, it's really difficult to, to center yourself A hundred percent it is, but, especially if you've got ADHD traits right, as yeah. well. It's like you're thinking about everything. And all, all of these things that I do now, the boxing in the morning, the writing all the stuff out, you know, the talking, the big one is talking, man. Like the podcast of God sent me, talking and sharing mm. and, and under, trying to understand. It brings me all down and, you know, just being comfortable in your own skin, man. Yeah. Because do you know what? That's the one thing I find about e expression and the, even these conversations, because I've been counselling before as well. And like when you're living a lot in your head and you've got a lot going on, 
you know, I really find it helpful when you just release it, whether it is journaling yeah, or, yeah. or even just talking it out, you know, it's very therapeutic and it, mm. and it's almost like a reset for your body. Like it gives you an opportunity to say, all right, I've, uh, I've offloaded all of that. Yeah. Now to get back to it and start filling it up with more shit. Yeah. Basically. But I, f I think there's another <laughs> element to it where it's like, if you say something to someone that's going on in your head or you write it down, it kind of shows you how dumb it is as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, for instance, if, you know, I, I, some of the shit you worry about, if you say it out loud in front of someone. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah, no, no, no. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, what do you mean, mate? You, you, do you know what? As soon as you let it out, you realise how... It. Yeah, you, you hear, hear it. it. And then you realise how irrational it yeah. probably is. And then you're like, actually, yeah. I don't feel it's like, like that. It's like my mortgage going up, right? It's like my mortgage has gone up. Mm. If you compare how much my mortgage has gone up to how much I earn, Mm. It's like it's not a ma it's, it's not a massive thing, but the fact that I'm tied in and the mortgage is going and the mortgage is going up, mm. like these are a lot. But you say it out loud, and you're like, well, what can you do about it? Sell the house, all right? Sell the <laughs> house. A, if you want to sell the house, what else can you do about it? Nothing. Mm. Well, shut up, then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, go make some money. Go, yeah, go make some money. It's easier to fucking make money than it is to to, to save it if yeah. you're tied in, right? Yeah. It's just these weird conversations. But you, it's very easy for you to sit there and go, no, your mum, my mortgage is going up. My mortgage is going up. My mortgage yeah. is going up. You know what I mean? You're going to this like. Yeah. absolute despair mode where yeah, like exactly. what am I going to do you know it could be about anything can't it you know mm. work relationships you know you're worried yeah, about your, you're worried about your missus yeah it's weird yeah I, I, to be honest I totally understand that every so often I go into this kind of like this zone and that's why having a good support structure is really important to me mm. because I can talk to r people that are slightly more rational than me and then they'll be like all you got to do is this this and this mm. and then generally I'll just implement that to be fair yeah. and how um how have you found uh like what do you feel like have you learned quite a lot through your sobriety um being sober and like your journey through that well-being yeah yeah man like like i was like an emotional um infant before you know what i mean i was mm. uh the, the main the main the main thing is like um sitting with yourself like i, I realize what addiction is and what my pro because Drinking drugs is like the solution, you know, it ain't the problem. So like, even though I've removed drinking, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I was drink, working I mean, out drinking drugs, sec, don't get me wrong, yeah. drink, drinking drugs is a problem, right? But mm -hmm. to me, drinking drugs was the solution to my problem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So even if you take, even though I took away the drinking drugs, I still got a problem, mm -hmm. I still have an issue, right? And uh, that's what sobriety is about. The reason why I think it's so difficult for people is they think they're going to take the drink and drugs away and everything's going to be all right, but it ain't. All you're doing is you're taking your coping mechanism away. The mask off. You're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're left. Mm. And that's the problem. You know, like when I first went sober this time around, because I knew it was, I knew that I had an issue and I knew that if I drank or I used drugs again, that my life would fall apart. And I knew that going back to it wasn't an option made me feel really vulnerable, especially when I started feeling. Yeah. I started feeling that. And, and also the big thing is I'd never really gone a week since about the age of 18 or 17 or maybe even 16. I'd never really gone a week in my life without getting drunk. So I'd, I'd never allowed feelings to come up. You know what I mean? Uh, Always soon, pushing them down. As soon as, as soon as I started thinking about something uncomfortable for long enough, I'd be like, I'm getting pissed. <laughs> I'm getting drunk. Yeah. It was just the way I was. And now I see that. Mm. But when my sobriety started... And like I've got things as close as fucking, you know, breaking up, us us two breaking up like a year ago or the wedding, which I was smashed at before or, you know, but the births of my children, which I went and wet the baby's heads and I fucked them up. Yeah. I've got these things that, that started rearing their head, this shame and this guilt. 
and I couldn't escape it. So that's the biggest part of my learning. But was, that was sitting, sitting with the shame, shit, mm -hmm. sitting with the guilt, right? Mm -hmm. And then asking myself why those things happened, why I did that, and not just that like, sharing it with my wife, right? And then validating with my wife that I'm feeling this, mm. and you know, so then she's getting not closure, but she's getting. Well, I'm fucking. I'm glad I can fucking tick that off my list now. Things that you've done that have upset me, that that you don't maybe that I don't think you know you've done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And 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 slowly, just sitting with it and dealing with it and not being able to escape it changes you. You know, now I feel at peace. You know, she must be super proud of you now, though. She is now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, she sounds like an amazing woman herself yeah. to, to have to persevere is, with all yeah. of that, to be fair. but I think she knew that I had problems, do you know what I mean? So but just to stick tight with yeah, you, man, definitely. That, is, that is loyal. Yeah, as, that is as loyal as you know, I gets, pushed and pushed. I pushed and pushed and pushed, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, she... A big, part, a big part of it for me was, like, if, you know, if I get sober and it still don't work with me and you, we're still rowing, then it ain't meant to be, fair. right? And it ain't me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but as soon as I got sober, it, I, it's, it's the, whole the game best. Changed. Yeah, it's the best. I was like, right, okay, all right. <laughs> Maybe I was a dick. You know, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, basically she's happy, right? Uh, and she's like, I mean, she has her moments, as we all do. But the you know her baseline go to emotion is having fun and being happy, yeah. uh, which is beautiful. And and one thing I wanted to ask you that I was thinking about before. You got a nightclub, haven't you? Yeah. How do you how do you find that? You're, you're living like a sober life mm. of sobriety, and then you've got this nightclub. Do you feel like it morally? Morally contradict like yeah. you contradict yourself. Ever? Well, I had a I, even worse. I had a beer brand, right? I had Last Beer. I don't know if you. Oh, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I had Last Beer. No. We were, um, we made a lot of money selling beer through lockdown. Bar did you? Barrel the last. Wow, wow. Yeah, we were selling this beer and. Um, I just, could, I had to get out of that company and that, I mean, it was my brand. Is that what you did? You sold it? Uh, yeah, well, it, or it's my brand. Something. Yeah, I just, which was bad for my business partner. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just like, I can't sell beer, mate. I'm struggling with, with addiction. <laughs> and, and like, and, and that, especially, especially when, um, when I really started learning about addiction and, and stuff like that. So... I got rid of that. And the club, I, you know, I've turned it into a comedy club now. So, oh, so okay, I'm like, fair. there's not a lot I can do with it because I'm fucking, I'm up to debt through lockdown because they, they still charged us for the fucking rent and that yeah. through lockdown. So we've got debt on it. So it's not really something I can just, it's not like a brand. It's a, it's a massive business. It's a responsibility. I've got three partners on it. Why? It's not something that I can just drop, but I just don't promote it as a nightclub. Fair. And and I've changed it into the home of where I do my comedy, stand-up comedy and and stuff like that. And then you do a Minister Sobriety there as well? No, no. No, you didn't? Oh, no, I do do Minister Sobriety live, but that's somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, is it uh, somewhere else? I was don't have the technology there. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> yeah, well. So, but that is a thought I have had, do you know what I mean? I have thought about it and I think to myself, well, you know, I've got to, uh, I've got to try and use it in a positive way, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, so, so have you still got the estate agents as well? No, no, no. Go. As soon as I become Dapper Last, I sold my half of that. You got got rid of that, yeah. yeah. So, so is yours now your main focus of business is all around the comedy that you do? Yeah, I've got other stuff that I do. I've got other like I've got pieces of brands and companies and stuff that I you collaborate I, with. That yeah, or that I built. I've okay. Built, yeah, and nice. then I kind of, you know, I helped build. Uh, Quite a long time ago, I worked out that instead of taking like money for promotion and and stuff, like that, if I could take pieces of the companies and stakes in stakes it, stakes in yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah. And push and grow, and then it would 
generate, continue to generate revenue. Um, and, you know, I've got a few new things that are popping up business-wise, but I do all of that kind of behind the scenes, do you know what I mean? And I try and keep... You've got I'm, the time for it, yeah? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Jade, that's, that's Jade, Jade yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm really trying to focus on the comedy, mate, yeah, the stand-up. No, it's impressive, mate. No, you should, to be honest, like, to be fair, I don't want to, like, Brand knows you too much, mate, but you, you have been, like, very inspirational to me, and I don't doubt you've been inspirational to uh, a lot a lot of people, so you should be proud of yourself of everything you do, but it's just about always keep moving forward, isn't it? It's, yeah. like, keep focused on what's actually important, the family, yeah. the, the comedy, whatever it is, and try not to go back, back. too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the key. Yeah, I think that... I think uh, if you've got a big social media following, like a big platform, I think it's important that you show both sides of the coin. Do you know what I mean? Not mm. just the, the supercars and the and the house and the money and the and the likes and the fucking the, you know mm. the numbers and. The well, it goes back to what I was saying. You you've lived life by authenticity, haven't you? Of just being who you are, and you know, and that's got you into some amazing situations. Obviously, not so <laughs> yeah, great yeah, situations yeah. as well. But yeah. you know, it all comes with the territory, doesn't it? And yeah. and I, I think I, people can feel that. People, yeah, of course they can. I think people are like, you know, if I if I do a joke, if I'm talking about something, you can tell that I'm mm. like I'm I'm passionate about it. Mm. You know. Oh, the one I loved, uh, the one I loved. I've got to tell you, this was um, when uh, you was up Soho. And uh, you asked two people just to film you while you oh, expressed right, yeah. yourself in a form of a dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was brilliant. And the woman was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was like, yeah. <laughs> when you when you see something like that, what do you think? Uh, I think it's hilarious. I think you're doing exactly what you're set out to do, and it's it's brilliant. And and uh, I think was that a very spur of the moment thing yeah, as well? Yes, yeah, that's the most beautiful thing, right? Like you haven't prepped it, you haven't planned it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a spur of the moment, yeah, yeah. and it's and it's bloody hilarious. Even the um, taking the the piss out of the the misfits the other day with the, the star jumps. <laughs> yeah, and, a bit of trouble that. Yeah, did it? Well, yeah. I mean, KSI is massive, isn't he? So it is. I I thought about it for you, and I thought, oh, the guy's trying to go on to misfits. Yeah, yeah. But no, I DM'd KSI's manager. I sent it to him. I was like, look, I'm just having a little laugh here. You don't mind? And he messaged me back and said. You know, if I didn't have a sense of humour, mate, I wouldn't be following you. Yeah, right. All right. All right. But I think, I, I don't know if he was happy about it, but he kind of let it go. But not just that, like, I know when something's going viral, right, because it because I get a hate, because if it's just in my audience, it's all love normally. Right, right. Uh -huh. When it starts growing outside the audience, then you have, and then I had all KSI's fans, all these young kids going, oh, well, why don't you go and fight him? And uh, yeah, I had one of them, I had one of them like, got really upset with me about it. And I, I quoted his tweet and said, you know, what's wrong, mate? Do you need a hug? Because if you do, KSI will give you about seven. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that kicked off as well. Do you know what? And this is, this is the problem. It always, I think comedy is always funny when it's not being pointed at you directly. But you, uh, you know, you've got to learn to give it and take it. That's just, just how life oh, mate, is yeah people take the piss out of me all day long you constantly. got to, you got to, like you got to see the funny side to life you know you can't just take it all too seriously yeah. otherwise even like there's been a couple of times with this podcast where it's like you take it too seriously and then you lose the fun out of life yeah. of, of what you're actually it's doing ego, man like I, listen i i say i've said i say stuff and then i'll get dms from people and they go look that really upset me actually and sometimes sometimes i'll look at what i've said and i'll be like well, do you know what I mean? I didn't mean it. Or sometimes I go, really? I go, all right, let me have a look at it. And then I go, do you know what? I'm going to delete it. Okay. And sometimes I do. Yeah, like, I'll give you an example. A little while ago, I, do, I, I was taking the piss out of my mate. who was Ginger. So I was doing Ginger jokes on him, right? And I was saying stuff like, you know, it's like the last, like the last thing that you're allowed to 
take the piss out of soon it's going to be you know and all this stuff you get cancelled for it or you know ginger lives matter or whatever and um i was pushing it a bit and then I, but i just thought to myself you know it's just a laugh and a joke but then someone contact well i had a lot of ginger people contact me <laughs> and say you know we don't appreciate that and but i was like all right okay well everyone takes the piss out of me for having a big nose and, da, 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 and all this jazz like but then one guy was like my daughter's ginger and uh, she watches your stuff and she's only young and she gets bullied at school. And I was like, do you know what? Christ. I'm never doing anything about ginger people again now. Really? Yeah. What did that have? It just struck a chord with me because i got daughters, right? So sometimes it's perspective. Right, right. That's, yeah, fair, fair. And it's I'm... just like, it just hit me and I was like, yeah, actually, there is an angle to this that isn't very nice and you're not, your intention isn't malice. No, is it? it's not 100%. That's yeah. why. And as soon as I felt that there was a darkness to it, I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Well, well do you think like, Comedy's just gonna die out eventually altogether. Then, yeah. like, if it's, somebody's gonna have a problem well, over no, here, it's, emot it's an emotional connection, isn't it? There's other stuff that I'll take the piss out of. Someone might, I'll, I'll get a lot of DMs about it, and I'll be like, "Fuck off." Yeah, but, you do you know, fair, fair. You yeah. know, so it's, it's it's down to taste. And look, the world's changing as well, and the comedy <laughs> lands, landscape's changing. What you know, and it's. I used to sit on podcasts and do interviews and say you should be able to say anything you want and you should be able to do anything you want and it's comedy and all that but my views on that has changed now I'm like you know it's a, it's a different world I'm older I've got kids do you know what I mean mm. you know what I used to say about women and you know sleeping with women and all of that stuff it's fair I've got a different it's view fair, on now I've fair. got two daughters yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's mean? almost like a comedy was a reflection of where you were exactly at your, where, exactly of course it was it's really yeah. interesting and I think that's 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 the, you know I'm I'm happy to learn and grow and change. The only thing that frustrates me is when if 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 I see articles come out about me or people talking about me in the press about stuff I said ten years ago, as if it's me now. Are they do they still bring it up? Yeah, now? of course. Yeah, do they? A, a lot of the time, if there's any any uh, any conversations or rows about misogyny and da da da, I'm like a I'm like a poster boy for it. Do you know what I mean? Because I said some mad shit back in the day. Mm. But it's like you know, and they go and he's still online and he's still doing, it. and I'm like you know. What were you doing ten years ago? Do you know what I mean? Like that pisses me off. Mm. But again, does it really piss me off, or is it my ego? Yeah, it's fair. I, I think the the way I look at a life like that is just everyone's got a past. Yeah. You know, if you the, the same people that are pointing the figure finger at you, I bet if you looked in their oh, mate, closet, you'd realise how like ugly it actually yeah. was. You know, you are, I, I've, mate, I've done interviews with with men. You know. With, and I'm just like, you know, they've asked, they're asking me questions and saying stuff to me, and I'm just looking at them, going, "What the fuck, you know, like." Yeah, what makes you so yeah, like, righteous? Like, you know, ask it, you know, I'll yeah. give you an example. I won't say who, but I got interviewed by someone before, and they were uh, talking to me about, you know, being derogatory to women and talking about sex and everything like that, and you know, women shouldn't be viewed like that and all of this stuff. But really going on about it, mm. and I was just looking at him like, you know, I can tell that you're really pushing this for the cameras and that. And I asked him if he watched porn. And he said no. Uh, yeah. and he, said, he, said, he said no. And I said, you never watch porn. And he said no. And he, this geezer was an older geezer. And he, no, I never watched porn. In my whole entire life. Said, what, what, what do you, what do you bash over? <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't. And I'm like, right. You're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we even have a conversation here? If I'm willing to fucking lay all. Yeah. But because you're, you're a journalist, you've never had a bash. All right, mate. <laughs> it's crazy. Isn't it? Mate, it's a tough, it's a, it's a, it can be a very political world out there. And I think... That's always the challenge when you you are being authentic. It's it's just surrounding yourself with mm. authentic authentic people like yourself are, are gonna give you that real response that you need for for what yeah. you're trying to achieve in life, not the ones that are being uh have got their own agenda. Let's say yeah.
And you know what? I was, the, the other thing I was going to mention as well is, you know, how much I love this uh, Minister Sobriety, how you're sharing that with the world. Mm. Because you could get all the help that you've wanted for yourself behind closed doors. Mm. And like what you're doing in the process is not helping yourself, but you're helping a lot of yeah. other people on that journey. So that's, that's a cool um, aspect. I've, like, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. So I thought it was Yeah, very... it's, it's a funny one because it kind of, I had to because like my, you know, my life in my life is creating content, right? And it's like, I, it, it, there's no way I would have gone sober unless I was talking about it. Do mm. you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, well, I just needed to do everything I could to stay sober. And, and like, like when I wanted to be a comedian, yeah. I like, I've got to do everything I can. I've got to be working on this all the time. And I was like, right, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to learn about it. And then I'm going to post it and I'm going to be sober. and I'm going to tell the world that I've got a problem. Mm. And if I do that, then. Did you feel like there's a big weight off your shoulders when you, when you actually admit that you've got a problem with something, do you feel like that was a, a weight off your shoulders? Yeah, or? I don't know really. At first it was really difficult because I built an audience up on the session, yeah, yeah. talking about the session, having the session. So I had to deal with a massive sort of kickback from all the lads that were following me that were still on the sesh. Did you lose a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've got a bit of massive follow... You've got, got like, yeah, it goes like that all the time. It's up and down all the time. So, yeah. But yeah, I definitely saw a lot of people disengaging with me and, and commenting and, you know, because a, a lot of it is like, you know, if I'm saying that, you know, I wasn't drinking or using drugs every day, but when I was, I had a problem because I was I was neglecting my family and da-da-da, and other people watching it going, well, I do that. I ain't got a problem. It's like holding a mirror up to them. Yeah. Yeah, very, very People difficult. don't want to have that conversation yet. So, but it weren't for that. As much as it helps people now, it started off as something that was to help me and to, to put out there and, and it, then it turned into helping other people, which I'm happy for. And, and it almost goes back to what I was saying about that comedy being a reflection where you are in your life. Many sobriety is just a reflection of yeah. where you are in your life and you're just yeah. sharing that with people. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to take from that, mate. And, and um. Even you're on the journey with Kirk as well. He's he's a wicked guy. I really like. Um, Kirk's cool. Man. Yeah, I like listening to him as well. He's a he's yeah. a good. He's yeah. I've got Kirk on the podcast because he um we're, we're pals anyway. But I'm I'm just like I get blown away by because uh, I know how hard it is to stay sober if you've always used drink and drugs to sort of cope, and um so anyone that's sort of dealt with really tough you know and he dealt with the loss of his father and and how he how he found his father etc. Uh, and stayed sober for, and, and, and got sober. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, he was on that. He wasn't just on that podcast because he was Kirk from TOWIE or because he was my pal. No, no, no. He was on there because he's inspirational. For yeah, his journey, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You probably related to him in... Mm. in uh, we had a different type of addiction, which was good as well. It showed to... He was like a daily user. So he was like... Well, I don't know what the word is, but he was like, you know, dependent on it. Oh, okay. So okay. it gave... It gave two sides of the yeah point, yeah yeah because cool. yeah but he's, he stepped away from it actually now because it was a uh, bit much for him yeah the podcast yeah oh really yeah yeah i had a friend uh, i had a co-host at one point but i get it as well people have got responsibilities they've got yeah. a lot of things you're talking about tough things as well like you know these yeah. can be sometimes tough conversations to have and i've seen even you like how emotional you've got on yeah your podcast it's raw it's raw but not just that i think you know kirk is he's he's at his own stage he, you know he's been through a hell of a lot more than me a hell of a lot more and he's got a lot more to deal with but not just that people 
were re you know because his his journey is is really centered around suicide because of his father unfortunately so he had a lot of people reaching out to him that were suicidal and it's just too much for him to fucking handle emotionally and, and i've had people reach out to me and it like puts you in a fucking horrible predicament where, where you you know do you ignore them or do you help them or do you contact the police or what mm -hmm. and it just takes a toll on you and uh, it was too much for coke so i love him and um i'm sure yeah, whatever he's yeah, doing he's, he's happy but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I said to him, you know, if you ever want to come back and do it, you can. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, to be honest, mate, I think that's a big burden um, to, to to put on yourself. Like you can you can help it. I had um, a guy called Javino on the podcast, mm. um, the guy from um, Manchester that deals with a lot of disabled and vulnerable children, mm. and he was saying, I think one of the biggest challenges is that I can't help. I can only help a certain amount of people. I can't help everyone, mm. and I think so, that, it's a weight on your soul. Is it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, I I don't, I haven't experienced it, but um, I could imagine it. It can be quite burdening, to be fair. Mm. But it, 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 you, you, it's, you know, you you got. I think you you got. I think one of the most important things is you got to help yourself first. Yeah, I'm, I found that one thing that I realised very quick is talking about you know suicide or mental mental health struggles, depression, anxiety, and especially addiction is you're tapping into a very dark world, right? Mm. Uh, and w which is filled full of very people that are in a lot of darkness. And you invite that in. And I, I, I learned, I learned quite, quite a hard, quite a hard way that I had to detach myself from giving people access to me that are in, you Dark know. places. Yeah, it's like, look, these, there's a buffer between me and them, you know, like I've got a team, you know, that can help with, you know, yeah. professionals. Crisis. Yeah, because they they hold they can hold you responsible. I had I had one guy that turned really dark on me. You know, I got he, I gave him my email, so you know he wanted to come on the show. Gave him my email. He, he emailed in his story, and then I went off to shoot a film. And while I was shooting the film, he was emailing me. You know, when am I coming on? Da 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 da. And but in the middle of the night, you know, when he's <sighs> off his nut and stuff but, like that, and that turned dark. He said some horrific stuff to me and. Did he come on in the end? Or? No, 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 no. I think I would have ended up chinning him if I'd ever met him. <laughs> but it, it, but, but, but ultimately, it made me realise that that made me realise that that you know, he's going through something, mm. and I became his focal point of help, and not just that, but lashing out. You know, he suddenly I was the cause of his pain, mm. and uh, but that changed my whole perspective on everything. That 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 incident that changed my whole perspective on trolls in general and people online because I suddenly realised. Everyone that's lashing out at me, which there's a lot, you know. It's what's going on inside, They're projecting their own pain. And it kind of made me, it's like this old thing where, you know, where you forgive people. Do you know what I mean? It's like kind of made me realise that, like that man, I was angry about that man for a long time and but because of stuff, some of the stuff he said. But then slowly I was like, he's just in pain. Do you know mm. what I mean? It kind of changed my perspective. Well, maybe like... But it hurt me as well. So I had to like, I'm not having none of this anymore. You know, I want to help. Mm. But my help, what I'm doing is what I do, create content and I've created that group. But, you know, I can't, I've got- In a my, limited way. Yeah, right? I've got my family, man. And I can't, I can't deal with, mm -hmm. take on your problems and then go and sit in front of my kids and be dad. Do you know Yeah. I, mean? I, th I think you've got to have boundaries though, yeah, haven't yeah. you? Like you've got, to, you've got to have boundaries. Other people have got boundaries. And I think like, as long as there's a respect of boundaries yeah. there, but that's what I loved. Uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about it quite a few times, but that's what I loved about having a, um, like going to see someone is how, no, there was no judgment there at all. Like there was, it's it's very easy to express yourself to a professional who knows yeah. exactly what they're doing. There's no point talking to somebody that's 
a comedian, you, you stand half a chance of them taking the piss out of you, yeah. let, let alone, um, you know, not knowing what to say. So, mm. um, yeah, I think I think it's always important to make sure you're seeking the right help from the right yeah. place. Definitely, definitely. I know a lot of people think I've got the answers because I've done a year sober and I get a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I really need help, I want to get sober. And um, I'm just like, listen to the podcast, man. Every, everything I've learned is on there. Yeah, yeah. And then if you want help, real help, like, yeah, have exactly. a look at this, yeah. have a look yeah, at that. Yeah. That's uh, that's the most responsible and way hard, to do it. And it's hard because, you know, I don't, sometimes, to be honest with you, I don't, I see the messages, I don't even engage in them because, like, because what if I say the wrong thing? Do you know mm. what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm not being funny, but the amount of messages that you probably get on yeah. a daily basis must be ridiculous. Yeah. You don't respond to any of mine, so... Have you messaged? <laughs> <laughs> uh, once or twice. Though. You got to You're the PA, though. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, but you know what, Dan? Um, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you yeah, so man. much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I feel like I can relate to you in a couple of ways. Yeah. And I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing like what happens with you next. Thanks, man. Um, there's, I mean, there was lots more things we could have probably spoken about today, but yeah. you're a very busy guy, and I'll, I'll save it for no, a part two. It's been two. lovely, man. And I do some. I've done a lot of podcasts recently, and um, each one goes in different directions. And this had a lot of stuff in it that I haven't spoken about. So, so yeah. Thank you. And is there anything um, you want to tell the guests? Uh, Tell the listeners. Yeah, listeners. Um, yeah, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, just um, it's never too late to start a fresh life, man. Like reinvent yourself. I think is it's a powerful, powerful thing. It's the 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 you know the biggest change, the hardest change is is in yourself, right? The change how you think and feel and what what you let affect you. But um, it's very easy to reinvent your life. It's like, you know, is it day one or one day? That's I think I heard The Rock say that and it just fucking stuck in my mind, you know, because like, oh, one day I'll stop drinking, one day I'll stop doing that, one day I'll, I'll start training or, you know, like day one, man, like, let's do it. So there's always time. Love that, mate. Thank you very much. No problem. Cheers, Dan. Cheers.